1: This is the Employment
0: Law Show. You bet it is. Uh, it's another Monday. And welcome back uh, to another new week. It's 633 Schools here. Alex Lucha-Farrell, Sam Firu Tamarkin is our Monday guy. You know, being uh, the first part of 2024 anyway, you're thinking, oh, a hammer might be dropping at work. We've heard rumors. There's, uh, you know, my spidey senses tell me that something might be, uh, might be going on at work. We'll try to get to some email a little later on. That's going to be help at employmentlawyer.ca. That address you can use anytime, not just to email the show, but to any other time you'll want to reach Alex and his team. That is the way to do that. And after we get to rolling here and warmed up, the main topic is going to be employment law red flags. You got to do something about it if, and we'll lay
1: those in front of you as well. So you'll learn lots.
0: Mr. Lucha the case of the day week that was brother, what do you got cracking?
1: Good evening, John. Thanks very much. Belated Happy New Year, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, first live show we do here in 2024. And, you know, they, they say, John, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And listen, that's not such a bad thing when it comes to the employment law uh, show. We're still here, still talking employment law, still talking worker employee rights, mm-hmm. still talking severance, of course, you name it. If it has to do with your employment, with your workplace, we cover it all here on this very show. And as you said, of course, uh, John, this is a live call-in show. We're here to answer questions. That's all we're here to do. Take calls, get you that information that you so need to resolve your workplace situation. So please feel free to call in. Do not be shy. There are absolutely no bad questions when it comes to employment law. Really, no matter matter how big or small the question is, it's always going to be an important one. Uh, You know, I, I say this all the time, John, but by calling into the show... I mean, listen, of course, you're obviously giving yourself a chance uh, to solve your own workplace problem. And that, you know, that's first and foremost. But trust me, and we hear this all the time as employment lawyers, you're going to be helping a lot of other people out there by asking your own question, dealing with your own situation on on air. You're going to be helping a lot of other people out there who are dealing with the exact same situation as you. Lots of workplace disputes uh, have a theme theme. They're quite common. They're quite related. And so, again, when you're dealing with a situation, chances are lots of other employees out there are dealing with the exact same kind of situation. Case in point, uh, John, let's talk about the case of the day. Of course, it's an opportunity to talk about a matter that uh, that came across my desk today. Spoke to a gentleman uh, earlier today. So hot off the press, uh, John. Very nice guy. Um, uh, really was kind of so you know just so thirsty and so appreciative of, of the information mm. and the advice that ultimately uh, gave him. This gentleman had been on medical leave, John, for just shy of two years because of an injury unrelated to work, but he he had some some health issues and he had been off. His employer let him be off, of course, on medical leave as they should, and he was receiving long-term disability benefits. So this is a benefit, of course, it's income replacement that's provided through an insurance. Ah, uh, provided well. Wouldn't you know it, John? A few days ago, so you know, just after the new year, he received a letter from the insurance company. His employer is copied on the letter as well, effectively saying, you know, we've made the decision as the insurance company to end your benefits this month. We think you're ready to go back to work. You know, your benefits are going to end February first. Right. And you know, obviously, this guy, you know, I, this kind of letter came out of nowhere. He wasn't given a verbal heads up. This was the first he'd heard from the insurance company in quite some time. And so this guy was obviously very distraught. He still feels unable to work, John, just to state the obvious. his doctor still is kind of going through a rehab with him. And lo and behold, he has the insurance company telling him, well, no, actually, we don't care whether you're able to work or not. We're going to stop paying you. And at the same time, what the employer does, the employer obviously sees this letter because they're copied on it. And they follow up with the employee John to say, "Well, you know, we 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 confirm this letter. We're we're expecting you back at work come the end of the month. Right. And if he doesn't come back, guess what? And they say this in black and white, John, in the letter. If he doesn't come back the end of the month, they're going to consider him to have resigned. Right. Wow. So pretty, you know, pretty, uh, pretty firm line in the sand, John." You're going to we're going to stop your disability benefits. And if you don't show back, uh, show up to work when we say so, you're done here. We're going to we're going to call we're going to call this a resignation. So obviously, very difficult situation. This gentleman calls me and I said two things to him effectively, uh, John. Number one, it's very common for an insurance company in these kinds of situations when dealing with long term disability. Very uncommon, John, for the insurance company to try and cut you off really just because they want to, because they don't want to pay anymore, not because you're necessarily ready to work in the in the situation, because listen, it's a business. You know, they're they're looking to spend as little as possible. And typically around the two year mark, if you've been on medical leave or disability benefits for two years, that's usually when an insurance company will start giving you a hard time. So listen, we can deal with the insurance company. Uh, obviously, the disability uh, law show speaks about, you know, LTD benefits and whatnot. We can either get them to pay you out a certain amount or get your benefits back up, we can certainly deal with that. With respect to the employer, listen, it actually doesn't matter what the insurance company says when it when it's related to your employment and your ability to return back to work. When it comes to the employer, the only thing that matters, again, it's not what the insurance company has to say, it's what your doctor has to say. Mm. So I told this gentleman, I told him, listen, if you have the support of your doctor, if your so- doctor says no, you still can't work. You're still rehabbing. You're still recovering. It doesn't matter what the insurance company's opinion is. It doesn't even matter what the employer's opinion is. The doctor here is the judge and jury when it comes to the, to someone's ability to be off of work on a medical leave of absence. So in this situation, the employer is bound by what the doctor says. If they decide to end this individual's employment, John, that's not a resignation, obviously, That's a termination. This employee would be owed severance in the circumstances. It's also, John, a human rights violation. You cannot terminate an employee because they're medically unable to work. That's discrimination on the basis of disability. In other words, it's a wrongful dismissal if they actually pull the trigger and let this guy go. So I'm going to be dealing with this uh, employer, John, over the next few weeks. We're also going to be dealing with the insurance company, uh, by the way, and, you know, We're hopefully going to take this bad situation, cut off by the insurance company, threatened by the employer, and we're going to fix it, uh, uh, John. Because, again, this is not the first and it's probably not the last time we're going to see a situation like this where an insurance company cuts you off, your employer kind of jumps on board, jumps on the insurance company's back and demands that you return to work right away. No, Let's, let's hit pause on all of this. Let's remember what matters. It's your doctor's opinion that matters and if you have your doctor's support in confirming that you're unable to work quite frankly that's all you need we're going to be able to resolve uh the issue with that with that evidence with that information and that support from the doctor and of course any issues any problems uh people should just give us a call uh, john if they're dealing with a similar situation it's really as simple as that
0: i want to grab a quick call before we uh break here rob thanks for patiently standing by brother what's going on with you tonight
1: How's it going? Longtime listener, first-time caller.
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. What's up?
1: Uh, I was laid off from my job a little while ago as a, like a maintenance supervisor or a maintenance attendee, if you will. Um, no notice, no nothing. I was just laid off as a part-time job. I'm wondering, am I still entitled to uh, settlement or anything? Was this, say, a unionized or non-unionized position, Rob? Non-unionized. Non-unionized? How long had you been working with the company? Shh, only a few months. Yeah. So, it, it'll... Uh, listen... You know, I don't care if you're part time. I don't care if you've been with an employer for only a couple of weeks or even a a couple of months. The default setting here is that employees are owed severance when they're let go from their jobs. So, you know, so automatically there is a question and you are right, Rob, to ask the question, are you owed severance? Now, if you've been there just a couple of months, you know, we should probably look at what kind of employment contract you might have signed. Is there any language in that employment contract that might limit your severance, for example, If you were on probation and if there's a probationary uh, term or a clause in your employment contract, that's something we'd have to consider. So my suggestion, Rob, listen, you were right to reach out and give us a call and ask the question because, again, it is very possible Mm -hmm. that you are owed some sort of severance package despite the fact that you're only there for for a few months and despite the fact that you were part-time employment. But the devil's going to be in the details. Rob, listen, give us a call. John will obviously give you the number. Let's have a chat off air. Let's get into the details. Let's review your employment contract. That might be the most important piece of information that you can provide. And we'll take it from there. It is certainly possible, if not likely, you're owed some sort of severance. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Robbie. Appreciate uh, you taking the time to call in, pal. Here's that number as we go into our uh, single break here tonight. Before we get back for more, that 821 1-855-821-5900. Robin, for you as well, if you're listening, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll come back with our main topic. Monday Night Edition, Employment Law Show continues. Hang in there. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: Welcome back to the Employment Law Show.
0: All righty. Welcome back. 645. Alex Luciferro, Employment Lawyer here from Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP. Just go to employmentlawyer.ca or call Alex and his team. Any time will cost you nothing to pick up a phone and have a chat. Get to, get your bearings. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here and now, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. All right, pal. Let's get into this employment law red flags. You have to do something about it if you feel your employer is building a case against you. Break that down for me, pal. Yeah,
1: I wanted to chat about a couple of red flags here, hmm. uh, John. It's not uncommon at all at the start of of the year start of the calendar year for employers to implement new policies, make changes to your employment or kind of, you know, implement strategies and plans that they have for for the new year. So now is the time of year where we start to see employers pushing out, you know, a lot of changes and one of them is, you know, if they if they have an employee or a couple of employees that they're maybe looking to push out the door, an employer will sometimes start quote unquote, building a case against that employee. John, now what does building a case mean? I mean, building a case can look a couple of different uh, ways or feel a couple of different uh, uh, things. A lot of times it involves some sort of performance improvement plan. So that is a term that we hear very often in the employment law uh, world. Again, it's a performance improvement plan. An employer will put an employee on this review, on this performance improvement plan to track their performance and to, you know, ultimately tell the employee, hey, you're not doing good enough. We need to see improvement in the following areas. Uh, otherwise, we may have to let you go. Now, a lot of times, uh, John, these performance improvement plans are, are are legit, right? The employer has legitimate concerns about what the employee is doing. Maybe it's to do with, you know, how much they're working or what they're, uh, you know, what kind of productivity they have in the in the workplace. Sometimes, however... John, these performance improvement plans are implemented, not necessarily because they're legitimate, not necessarily because the employee is doing something wrong, but because the employer wants to put pressure on that employee and make their life uncomfortable and make it difficult, perhaps, John, hoping that the employee might resign in response to those performance concerns. Maybe the employee decides, you know what, I'm not, you know, I I don't want to deal with the stress not worth it, I'm going to call it quits. And of course, if an employee resigns, John, they're not necessarily owed severance. Uh, and so that would be a way of an employer getting rid of an employee. Uh, other times, an employer is just being unreasonable and nitpicking at things. And maybe you have a difficult manager or a difficult supervisor who just wants to stick it to you. Now, the real question is, what do you do in situations uh, like this? What do you do when you're being written up for example, or you're receiving a performance improvement plan from your employer. Well the answer to that question, John, and we've spoken about it a number of times on the show, of course, is to make sure that you are responding to the employer. Listen, make sure you respond professionally, respectfully. Don't get nasty with your employer. you don't want to give them ammo to uh, you know to use against you. Make sure you're always respectful in your uh, in your communications, but respond to them in writing, saying yes. that you disagree with the write up where you disagree with the performance improvement plan and why you want to put that down in writing to the employer so that you have evidence moving forward of the fact that you did disagree and why you disagreed and hopefully you can use that evidence in the future against any potential allegations or ideally get the employer to just back off and leave you alone and let you you know let you con- continue doing your job to the best of your ability
0: another red flag and this one is still happening and you got to really be careful in this one because this really is where the money is and you're you know you're a long-term employee and you're asked to sign a new employment contract maybe in there five years 10 years 35 years and uh, here just sign this Alex not a big deal it's it's just it's it's nothing (laughs) just sign it you're okay
1: yeah yeah Uh, absolutely you're you're correct there John huge red flag and something that is happening more and more and more often nowadays because of course employers realize that it's in their interest as an employer it's in the business's best interest to have their employees all sign updated (laughs) state-of-the-art very strict employment contracts it's really important to keep in mind from an employee's perspective now from a worker's perspective really the only thing that an employment contract will do for you nowadays it will protect the company it's going to protect the employer an employment contract 9.9 9.9 out of 10 times, John, unless you are an executive, unless you're the CEO of the company, maybe, and you're able to negotiate really favorable terms in a contract. The vast majority of the time, an employment contract is going to benefit the employer, give the employer rights, give the employer benefits and take away rights and take away protections from the employee. I'll give you one quick example, uh, uh John, uh, termination language in an employment contract. Nowadays, if you're signing an employment contract in 2024, there are very good odds that that contract will have a paragraph or two in it about termination and severance. It'll probably say something like, in the event that we let you go without cause, we're going to pay you X, Y, or Z, and nothing more. You know, And sometimes those provisions are a little complicated, a little legalese. Sometimes it's three or four paragraphs long. It's really important to take note of that kind of language, uh, John, because that language may very well limit your severance entitlements and limit them potentially to far less than what you would actually be owed based on your age, position, and years of service with the company. Keeping in mind, of course, that is how severance is calculated. The longer you're with the same employer, the older you are, the more senior your position within that company, the more severance you are going to receive. And severance, by the way, can be as much as 24 months of pay. That's two years of pay for longer service employees, more senior uh, employees. But it is a heck of a lot of severance potentially. And again, all an employment contract is going to do, whether you're signing at mid-employment or whether you're signing at the, at the start of your employment with this company, all an employment contract is going to do is limit your severance entitlements and potentially a lot more than that as well.
0: Let's get Gord on the line. Hey, Gord, thanks for standing by, pal. Good evening. How are you? No, I appreciate your um, your time, guys. Anyways, thanks, man. I just got notification today. I'm um, terminated. They laid the whole sales I've been there for 20 years. I'm 76 years old. And uh, my current wage is about $40,000 a year because I work four days a week. And I want to know if I get vacation pay, What what. What am I entitled to before they make me an offer?
1: Yeah, very sorry to hear that, uh, Gord. Obviously, a difficult situation. Did you say you'd been with the company for 20 years? 20 years. Yeah, so 20-year employee. uh, And and how old are you? Did you mention, I I think I heard 76? 76. Yeah, and in sales, correct? Yes. Yeah. Listen, tough spot. Uh, Obviously, never never a good time of year, certainly, to be let... uh, 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 Let go. I guess the silver lining, if we can call it that, uh, Gord, in an otherwise difficult situation is given 20 years of service and at your age, Gord, of 76, your severance entitlements are going to be significant. I mean, you are one of those individuals that is likely going to be in the range of the maximum amount of severance that an employee is owed. And that maximum amount, Gord, could very well be 24 months for you, particularly, I would say, given your age. Uh, You may be one of those employees that are owed 24 months. That might be the high end of the range uh, for you. But something in the range of perhaps 20 to 24 months, that's what kind of severance, Gord, you should be looking at here, having been let go of your job for 20 years in a sales position at 76 uh, years of age. I would be very surprised. Sorry, go ahead, Gord. What about vacation days for four weeks? Yeah, like so vacation vacation is also owed. It's owed to the date of your termination and for eight weeks thereafter. So you don't earn vacation, uh, Gord, for the full severance period, which again, in your case, might be as much as 24 months. You don't get vacation paid for that entire period. You get it to the day you stopped working and for eight, and, it, and it accrues for eight weeks after your termination date and that's it. That's all you get in terms of vacation pay. I would be very surprised, Gord, if your employer offered you anything close to 24 months of pay. I may be stating the obvious here. Yeah. I I may be stating the obvious here, but please do not sign anything on the spot. Please do not accept any kind of offer. You don't need to tell your employer you've spoken with a lawyer. You don't even have to say anything to them except, thank you very much. I will think about this and get back to you. And listen, give us a call off air. Of course, John's going to give you the number. Let's have a chat. Let's figure out what your options are. The good news, Gord, this should be a very, very easy situation. Your severance entitlements are not complicated given your years of service uh, and your age. So if there are any issues with the company's offer, we'll be able to sort them out for you.
0: Thank you, Gord. I'm going to give you a number uh, before we uh, we just let you go here to reach out to Alex and do so. It's uh, it's where the money is, as I keep saying. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 5900 is how you get a hold of them. Uh, Gord, we only got about a minute or two left here, Alex. But you know, th- thinking about Gord, uh, the age, the years of service. Yeah, you're looking probably about twenty four months. That that covers all components of his his work life as well. His benefits would continue if he's got a company car, if he's got a company computer, cell phone, all that stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, you name it. And and particularly, John, when we're talking about individuals in sales positions, mm-hmm. importantly, that's going to include commissions and bonuses and all of those other components of Salespeople's compensation as well. It's not yeah. just your base salary that you get as severance. It's going to be all components of your compensation. Uh, pension contributions might be another, for example, if you're part of a you know a, a group RSP plan and the company's matching percentages of your salary uh, as an RSP contribution. Guess what? You get those for 24 months as well. That's going to be a pretty good chunk of money. It's going to be thousands of dollars very easily. So yeah, listen. You know, we see these situations, John, all the time. A call like Gord's is not surprising at all. I'd be very curious, actually, to ultimately learn here, and I'm sure we'll be speaking to Gord at some point very soon. I'd be very curious to see what kind of offer the company makes. Gord, I hate to say it, and I, and I hope I'm wrong, John, but we see employers make lowball offers in these kinds of situations all the time. I wouldn't be surprised, John, if they offer Gord three or four months of pay, maybe six months of pay. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something in that range. And as I said, right at his age, with his 20 years of service, he's looking at 24 months as his severance entitlements. And again, not complicated, not controversial. John, this is employment law 101 stuff.
0: And we are done uh, for this particular evening. Back in here tomorrow, though, so join us uh, again at the same time. 6.30, we'll do it all over again. In the meantime, reaching Alex Simple, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. And that website's always free for you to use. And that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Employment Law Show on a Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your evening.
1: The preceding was a paid
0: commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.